You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Continuing on Take Command, thanks again to Bobby Belt for joining us on the show. If you want to hear what the other uh, end of that sounded like when I was on with them, you can check out Love of the Star anywhere you get this podcast. All right, Logan, when the Cowboys defense is on the field to pick up where we just left off with Bobby, if, if you're Scott Turner, you get up in front of the meetings and you're like, all right, Micah Parsons, let's address the elephant in the room. What are you saying about this guy and the way Dan Quinn uses him and, and how you're designing your offense this week to make sure he doesn't wreck it? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, like let's just start high level and then kind of work our way down to Michael Parsons because I think that helps kind of understand what they're trying to be. So Dan is like, you know, traditionally a cover three kind of Seattle guy. And obviously, like mentioned uh, with our guests, like he has transitioned a little bit, a lot more like Tampa 2 and they get to their Tampa 2 in kind of a variety of different ways, a little bit more man, a lot more pressure. And so I think one of the things in that pressure package is that has been nice is that like, like our guest mentioned that. Mike that Micah can line up at end, true end, true edge rusher, true Sam on the ball. And they have like a Cinco package where he lines up on the ball as a Sam linebacker, or he can line up at middle linebacker and blitz from there, right? So on first and second down, it kind of it's pretty, I don't say it's always normal, but it's pretty normal, right? And they do have kind of a simplistic defensive structure. So to me, it's like taking advantage of stuff that they get really simple in, right? So when they're in 11 personnel and you've got a tight end to the right, they tend to be in an over front and they tend to want to play cover three on early downs. Cover three, they mix in man, they mix it, mix in uh, Tampa two. So I'm thinking if especially against like the uh, Giants, for example, like Michael played the middle linebacker, that's an advantage for this team, right? That's an advantage for the, for the commanders because I think that ultimately getting him off the ball, he's not as effective, right? It, it, much like Jamin Davis was, there's a lot for middle linebackers to look at. And so, like, obviously, Jamin as a blitzer is much improved and his production's been better in that role. And I think it's kind of the same for Micah. So him off the ball, he's good in coverage. He's not excellent. He's got bad eye discipline. He doesn't always fit runs correctly. So let's take advantage of that in those situations, which tends to be on early downs. Obviously, on third downs versus the, the Bengals versus Tampa Bay, he moves up and he's rushing the passer a little bit more. You don't want that because I mean he he does he's not very polished as a pass rusher, not really at all. But he doesn't is matter. Fast, he's strong, he's explosive, and he plays very very hard. And he's got a and he wins and he wins quickly. I think that's the thing yeah. about him that's different than a lot of these other guys. Is he wins very demonstratively with power and with speed. So right, he literally has the best win rate as a pass rusher in the league. 
Um, I thought it was uh, Garrett. Uh, no, uh, Miles Garrett. No, I, I think Changed I think he's passed. Yeah, I mean, he, him, Garrett, and Von Miller, I believe, are the top three. Um, right. And so that's Parsons good company to be is, in for a guy who doesn't play defensive end. Right, and that's the thing. It's like polish is overrated when when it works uh, in, right. in that position. Um, but like like Bobby was saying, and like you were saying, if you can get him where he's lined up there and you're running at him, or if you can just stay out of pass only situations and get him on the second level, there are opportunities. Um, and that's why I think the biggest like the biggest factor this week is their ability to stay out of third downs. Like they obviously it was a huge problem last week. And even when they get there, they've got to be less predictable. Um, they've got to have some some different options. And and I think one. Hey, let me ask you this too. This has come up a lot this week. Like everyone's favorite solution to the pressure is draws and screens. It's like ah, everybody knows that. And I'm like, okay, if everybody knows it, then why aren't they doing it? Why do you think that that hasn't been a bigger part of like your traditional just like halfback screen? Let the rush come, flip it over the head. Um, you know, some. I don't feel like we've seen a ton of draw. Um, why hasn't that, or why isn't that a bigger part of their offense? I have theories, but I, I, I'll ask you open-ended first. Yeah. So obviously like I have theories as well and nothing I'm saying is like substantiated by, by, by nothing more than me watching film and my experience as a player, Sure. But right? your experience yeah. in watching film is worth more than my guesses. Right. So what I would say is that there are teams like screens take a lot of time to get good. Like there's a lot of timing involved and good screen teams like they emphasize screens, right? They, they run screens and practice a lot. They have a screen period. They work it for just different rushes versus different fronts and they get really, really proficient at them. Right. And when, you know, you weren't, you went out to training camp a couple of days, but this team does not, they don't major in screens. Right. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One of them is because I think they do so much RPO stuff. You want to get more reps with something that's a bigger part of your offense, right? So I think that is that would be something I'd look at and say they just don't put the time in, right? And that's fine. Like I've been a lot. Right, you only have so much time. It's not like right. oh they're lazy. It's like they they've allocated that resource to something else. To so something else, right? And and that's totally fine. Like, but when it comes time to run that screen versus certain pressures and certain blitzes and all the little tricks that you see like Kansas City run and how good that timing is and. You know, um, I think back to Aaron Rodgers when they were really prolific in screens, like this was probably five years ago. He'd like walk up on third down and he'd make a mic point. You know, he'd like mic somebody so that they thought it was a protection and then they would blitz. You know what I mean? It just kind of sold like they just knew all the little details of how to sell those screens. And I just think it, you can't just be good at it overnight. And I think that's the point of it. Right. Like a lot of people say, like I heard Fletch talking about this on the command center. It's like, oh, I want to see more gap runs as opposed to RPO stuff. I'd like to see that too, but you got to run those a ton, right? Because defenses line up differently. You get different fronts. And so if you haven't put the time and you haven't invested that equity in there, it's not going to be as efficient. So I think it's the same principle applying to screens. It's the same principle applying to draws. They do some interesting kind of downhill stuff like trap stuff on third down, but they practice that more and they're better at it, right? They understand all the nuances and variations. So I think that's one reason why I'd say that they just haven't embraced the screen game. Now they do rep the wide receiver running back screen game out of empty from width a little bit more, but obviously that's a little bit more of a kind of de decisive formational tell. So you don't get the same kind of, you know, e like repertoire of screens out of that look. Right. That was my thought as well, is that like the shortest version of that is they're not very good at it. Um, like you explained why, <laughs> right? Like they're not good at it because yeah. it's not, it's not something they major in. It's not something they've put time in. Right. But I also do think like their personnel does not align for that. Like Turner and Norwell aren't super athletic guards that can get out in space. 
right. like not at That's this true. point in their That's careers. Yeah. And like I think when you're used to Trent Williams and Brandon Sheriff, uh, you know, a t- tackle on one side and guard on the other, like the screen game under Gruden was pretty pretty interesting because you could run a one man screen with Trent Williams out front and he'd kill three people. Um, you can't do that with Charles Leno. Charles Leno's a fine NFL tackle, but like Trent and Brandon are so extraordinarily mobile. That's why they're all pros. Like not only are they solid down in, down out, but they do extraordinary things that you don't have the ability to do with less athletic players. And that's, that's part of the issue is like, I don't think they trust Cosme and Turner to get out and, and hit people on the screens. It's just not what they're not what they're built for. So trying to balance between what the game is quote unquote demanding and what your players are good at. Like that is offensive coordinating. Finding that sweet spot is the hardest part. And unfortunately I think Scott's hands are a little bit tied. So I guess the the question would then turn into against a team like Dallas who will blitz a a fair amount. Um, As Bobby was saying, Quinn has started to blitz a little bit more. You obviously said the same thing, watching the same tape, uh, watching the same team. Uh, And what do you do to like use that aggression of Dallas and especially of a guy like Parsons, Lawrence against them in a way that can keep your offense moving? Well, so first off, two things that you said there that I think are really interesting. One is I think people underrate how good that offensive line was with Morgan Moses, Brandon Sheriff, Rulier, and then whoever the guard was in Trent Williams. Like that group. <laughs> when literally it was like whoever the guard, who's playing left guard this week, doesn't matter. Yeah, but like that group was very, very good. Like extremely good, very, very talented and extremely well coached, right? And like when Brian, when Brian, uh, when Bill Cowan was here, they, they did like they put a lot of equity into a lot of stuff because he would have them out there 45 minutes before practice started. He'd have them right. after 45 minutes. So they were able to touch on a lot of stuff that this group hasn't been able to touch on. And you mentioned the mobility thing. I think this group can be good at screens. I think Cosme is tremendously athletic. I think Leno's athletic enough. I think where you fall down a little bit is at the guards. Like Norwell's actually been very good through three games. Not very good, but good through three games, right? But he's not the most mobile dude of all time. Trey Turner's got good mobility, but again, and I think you could run a screen that way, but obviously they just don't do it. And, and the other thing about their screens, they tend to be first and second down screens as opposed to what you kind of think of as your third down screen, right? It's off of a run action. It's kind of a longer developing screen. It's designed to kind of misdirect and then be an easy throw for the quarterback as opposed to something designed to beat pressure. So just to kind of, you made me think of that's that a, as you were talking. That's a, great, that's a great distinction as well. Right, yeah. And so, okay, so speaking of um of Using Dallas. the aggression against them, yeah. Right, yeah, you, you, Dallas, right? So I think the thing about Dallas that's interesting is now you have to kind of identify what you want your protection plan to be. Obviously, there's going to be some draw, some screen element. that I'm sure they're game planning that in this week. Like, that would be dumb not to. They're not excellent at it because they don't rep it a ton, but that will be in, right? Then the question becomes, like, what do you do? Do you provide chip help? Do you go side protections? Do you go max protections? Or do you go empty or go spread formation and say, we're going to beat you quickly getting the ball out of our hands? Those are all viable solutions, right? And each one of them has their own drawbacks. So, for example, let's say you go max pro, right? That's That tends to be everybody's solution. Like, leave a tight end, leave a back end, right? The problem with max pro is that if they're bringing six, six or seven, depending, right, you are going to have a poor pass protector on a very good blitzer, right? So if you go back and watch last year's game, right, they did an excellent job of basically being like, we know your protection plan and we're going to make sure Micah Parsons is on Antonio Gibson. And I hate to break it to you, but that's a matchup favoring Dallas. (laughs) I don't think that just was broken to me. I think I figured that one out all by myself. 
Right. And I, so they, they do a good, so that's when, and so they have like excellent blitzing linebackers, Leighton Vanderesh, say what you want about him in terms of his coverage ability, but still a very physical blitzer. Anthony Barr has made a career out of being an excellent blitzer against running backs. Right. So any one of those three guys on any one of our backs is going to favor them. Right. So that's one of the issues in max pro. Right. Also, you're having a tight end block Lawrence, who's a very good pass rusher. Right. And he's going to be in a one-on-one situation. So there are ways to mitigate that, you know, putting the back away and having them cross formation. Like there's a whole bunch of ways to get to that, but that's, that's where you got to start playing chess. You got to start stacking kind of things to cover up some of the deficiencies of these protections. I personally prefer spreading it out. I, I think when you pack it in, you're asking for a lot of issues, right? You're asking for a lot of people to win one-on-ones and pass protection. And you're asking them to all identify something that can be very complex. Cause I will say, Dallas does a really nice job with like ETs and TEs and using Micah Parsons from depth in those same types of combinations. And it gets very complicated and the guys have to be really dialed in. Now, if you watch the Cincinnati game, that offensive line was very dialed in. They did an excellent job versus some of those pressures, right? But I think let's spread it out a little bit. That's more who we want to be anyway. It lets you identify A, rushers and B, matchups, right? So when I can see the formation and I look out and I say, you are in the box in this spread formation. You are obviously blitzing. I can then dictate protection to slide to that player, and I know who the free rusher is going to be, right? I can kind of say, okay, let's slide left. This is the free rusher. I got to get the ball up before he gets here. And that makes it, I think, easier for the quarterback to identify and then understanding kind of the urgency to get the ball out. Now, you got to make sure the concept is quick enough to get the ball out, but those are some of the issues that you're negotiating in both of those scenarios. So we had Kedrick on the show yesterday, and he brought up a really good point about going completely empty, which is dead set, you know, as a pass rusher, it's pass. And, you know, look, if you're already in third and 12, like, sure, you probably know it's pass anyway. But that idea of like, I might have to watch out for a draw here um, Mm. is something that matters. And I thought that was really interesting insight because, you know, as you and I have talked about all this, like, I'm like, I get why teams go empty. It makes a lot of sense. Like, go ahead, blitz seven. Now we got we got numbers on the back end and if our quarterback can figure out who the open guy is, he's going to have space to run because everybody's running, running where the ball was, not where it is. But I do think that obviously there's the happy medium of like, can you keep a back in the backfield, even if he gets out quickly, but just enough that when Micah Parsons and tank Lawrence fire off the ball, they have to go. Is it, is it run? Um, You know, and, and I think this is where like a guy like Curtis Samuel can also be really helpful, right? Like, could you start empty motion Curtis into the backfield, run a draw and now it's in their head? Like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta watch out for that as an, as an option, as a possibility. Like this is where Scott using some of the motion shift, you know, the pre-snap stuff can get them that little bit of edge, that little bit of doubt in a defense's mind that there are other possibilities they need to consider. And so, I think making sure that you have that plan of not just here's how we're going to solve it um, with route concepts, with whatever it may be, but like here's how we're going to solve it by putting more on the defense mentally and slowing them down is also a huge part of the equation. And that's 1000% correct. Like, so I, I mentioned that I prefer empty for the reasons that I stated, but that doesn't mean you go exclusively empty. Right? right, you need to understand down and distance. You need to understand matchups. You need to understand flow of the game. Right, and all of the things you just mentioned are extremely critical. Like even if the back's in the backfield and he's free releasing, that does give the defense a second pause. Like who matches up with the back in this look? What if they run it? What what is my rush angle if he run? So all of those things are yes, 
it, even though you, I have a preference here, like as a good coordinator, you need to make sure, hey, I have some Max Pro stuff in. The other thing I think that's important is like when you look at um, the LA Rams, for example, last year in their Super Bowl run, one of the things they did an excellent job of on third down, third and seven plus, is they get in these kind of really wide formations, right? To force the defense to declare blitz packages and coverages, right? right. And then they gave Stafford the ability to check to, hey, I want to check to a draw. I'm going to motion someone in the backfield, right? And so you start wide. Then you, like you mentioned, Curtis Samuel, motion in. Maybe Logan Thomas motions down, shift, something like that. Because then it goes, then it changes everything pretty drastically, right? It makes the picture so much clearer. And I think that's, again, when you want to be effective on third down, that's the level of nuance, especially when a team is struggling. Give your quarterback an option to say, hey, like I see this blitz coming. I want to check to this play. Call two plays. Give a can, can check with me, something like that. The shift element is huge, right? But once it's identified, let's shift and get into something that we feel good about. And I think that's where that level of nuance and detail, I do think, um, can be improved upon this week. Yeah, yes. Craig, Craig asks a simpleton question time. Uh, when you play Madden, you have right. like the, the automatic audibles, right? Like, sure. you know, you, you can hit, you know, whatever the buttons. I haven't played Madden in a long time. Uh, you hit L2 and, and then square and it's like halfback dive. And like yeah. those audibles are always available to you. Right. How many teams actually have that? I mean, like Peyton Manning certainly had the entire playbook available to him. It seemed like at all times, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is up there orchestrating Brady. Like, but I don't I don't know how much of the playbook is available to each and every quarterback in the NFL. How normal is it to have kind of an ability on literally any play to audible to check out? Or is it and especially I don't know how much you know about what they do with that kind of stuff here. Does it have to be we're called two plays in the huddle and I'll tell you which one it is at the line of scrimmage. Well, you know, here's play one. If I can, it's going to play two. So story time with Logan here. So I was talking to yes. Will, Will Montgomery about his time with Peyton Manning. I thought, mm -hmm. man, like that's a lot. You got to know everything. He's like, it's actually not as complicated as it looks. And so what they would do is like the offensive coordinator would basically call three plays in the huddle, right? Peyton would know all three, right? And he'd just say one. He'd hold those other two in, right? And the offensive coordinator would put him in a formation that would allow him to get to the other two. And then two other plays, like kind of hot plays that he liked that were that seemed like very complicated. But let's say they were running all out blitz. Like he loved, think about Demarius Thomas when he was in Denver, right? And how he would just mm -hmm. throw that quick screen to Demarius. Yes. That, that was always on deck because they were always trying to get guys in that perfect look, right? So he had one versus like cover three that week and one versus all out pressure. So he would call the check versus cover three or the, or the one versus all out pressure while still having those other two run plays in his head. And it wasn't like overly complicated because their whole offense was derived from code words. So it's pretty easy for him to be like, hey, We've got so-and-so called, and then I was in Chicago, and it was the same play call. And they'd be like, hey, Buffalo, 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 on two, on two, ready? And then he'd stop the ball. Or Omaha, Omaha, and then he'd go, right? And Will said it sounded really complicated, and it was hard to learn the offense because it was all memorization and code words. But once you were in it, it was just like, oh, he just said Buffalo. Like, I know that's tight zone to the left. Let's go. You know? And, like, so it was really easy for him. But also, it wasn't, like, as in-depth as it may have appeared on television. You know, it's maybe – four or five plays as opposed to 60 plays. And so obviously like here, I don't think they do any of that. You know, I mm -hmm. think that's not really what they want to do and who they want to Which, be. Which by the way, I think is most teams in the league. Yeah, that's true. And I think like when you look at um, LA, they're kind of at the cutting edge of third down stuff right now. And most teams put that cannon on first and second down 
because the the noise isn't as bad. It's not it's not as noisy on first and second down. Third down, mm-hmm. you've ever been to a game, it gets pretty raucous. So you're having a really high demand there of like guys being super dialed in and checking with the quarterback and making sure they get the can, right? So um, I don't think it's – I think it's becoming more common because of the sex, success L.A. has with it. But I was just thinking back to my playing career, 10 years, and I don't think I had one team that did that on third down. A lot of teams that did it on first and second down, but no team did it on third down. They would try to give the quarterback tells. They would let him check protections. They would let him alert, like, hand signal routes to the outside. So, like, if it's a two-by-two – you have these kind of plays on. If it's a three by one, these plays would be on. But that's different. That's a totally different animal than like saying we have this play called and you can check it to this play versus this look. Like that's more that's more of a testament to Sean McVay and the way he thinks about the game and the way he prepares. But yeah, it's not overly common. But I think that's again, that's that's kind of cutting edge. I think this team is yeah. capable of doing that. Yeah, I mean they have smart players, and that's that's the most important thing. Um and the thing is too, like you know, you mentioned everything has like positives and negatives, right? And can yeah. you can you do things? And we're getting a bit down a rabbit hole here, but like that's what podcasts are for, <laughs> we've, we've, right? We've we're we're like not even deep. We're like in like never never land right now. You know? What yeah. I'm but like, you know, one of the things we talked about with like stacks and bunches, you like them because it can get receivers free releases. The problem is it condenses everybody at the line of scrimmage, and it's really easy to disguise stuff. Who's blitzing? Who's not? Because everybody's just mushed together. But that's why like these pre snap motions and these shifts and everything are so important, is because you can. St- start empty and wide and get your information motion a guy down now all of a sudden even if it's just a two receiver stack you can get one of those guys that free release you can shift and have everybody come back in like you can start narrow and and get some information then go wide and see who follows like the there's all these different things that you can do and i think the balance as we've talked about before is not overloading your guys not making it too complicated not tricking every single play out but third down is kind of the time to do that stuff. Third down is the time to like, because what you're actually doing is simplifying. Hey, we're just going to start here. And like, you can talk about it during the week. It doesn't have to be like, oh God, here comes the play call. It's like, hey, on third down, expect us to shift. On third down, expect us to start here and finish here. And that's like, that's ultimately the, the coaching and teaching part of this where, you know, we've certainly had our questions about their ability in certain areas to get information across because it doesn't seem like guys are executing it cons- with consistency of like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. We're trying to get this actually, to, we're doing this to actually give you guys more information to make your lives easier. So yeah, sorry for the extra words, but your, your life is going to be a lot easier and we're going to be more successful if we can execute this simple pre-snap stuff. And I think that's something, again, like, you know, being, I'm a, I'm a run game coordinator for a high school, right? And so there's this temptation to make it overly complicated every week. I'll be like, they run this front, let's drop the perfect play. But also you have to know who you are, know what your identity is, right? And I, so I think you got to walk that line. But to your point, it doesn't even need to be this crazy complicated thing. It can just be like you line the back up and empty, you motion them to the backfield. Does a linebacker match them outside? If a linebacker does, then it's man coverage. Which side of the formation do I like versus man coverage, right? If it's man coverage, it's probably pressure. Let's take a quick look. Who do I think is blitzing? Let's see if I can get the protection called that way. That is a basic thing, right? That's right. super basic. And like, you're going to have to figure that out anyway. You have to figure out the coverage and you have to f- pick a side. So why not do it when their big guys aren't chasing you? Right. And I think that like, so, so in this example, right, teams, teams know that you do that. So they try to disguise it or whatever, but if you watch enough film, you can figure out what their response is to that. And if you can get any kind of information out of that, that lets the quarterback play a little bit faster, that lets them in. Like, that's one thing when you look at 
Tom Brady and you look at the stuff he's doing, and I hate to draw a comparison and the best to ever do it, but he and Sure, but like there's a reason he's the best, and it's not right. because he's the most physically gifted guy that's ever played. Right. And same thing with Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. They anticipate concepts and they understand defenses, right? So how do you help the quarterback understand that, right? And it's with a little bit of motion, with a formational tell, right? Like I've mentioned this before, West Sot. So two tight ends to the right, two receivers to the left. Defenses have very specific, usually, responses to that that are very easy to see. Because I can't leave, if I want to play man, and the two receivers are to the left, I can't leave my corner to the right. So they're going to go corners over to the left. And then I know right now, pre-snap read, it's man-to-man coverage. And those are the types of things that they're simple. They require a little bit more preparation from the offensive coordinator, but they definitely help the quarterback, right? And understanding how to use those tools and when to use the tools, as you, as you, and you brought up a great point, you don't want to overload everything. Because I, I think I've mentioned this before on the show. Kyle, one of the things is he's always trying to get you in the perfect play. And mm-hmm. at some point, guys start playing slow because it's such a mental load. It's like, okay, it's a check with me, can, but also we have an Oscar to a pass. Like, okay, like I've I've got it all, but like I need to, you need to be really dialed in. I need to make motion versus this one, but and it gets a little bit much, right? I think between what Scott's doing and between what Kyle's doing, there's a happy medium that most teams kind of operate at, and they say these are the simple things we're going to do to help the quarterback just pre pre snap understand what the defense is trying to do and the defense can trick you or whatever that's fine but at least we're trying to give you a little bit of a, of a mental edge in those situations yep and when you're dealing with micah parsons which is where this all started it's more specific to dallas less specific football talk um all that information becomes very very important <laughs>